we thank you, Father, for this message, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you take over today, Father, that you say what you want to say, Father, that every word that would come out of my mouth today would be rhema, Father, that it would be for the church today, Father, in this house, on YouTube, abroad, Father, that every, every ear that needs to hear this, Father, will hear this, Father. I thank you, Lord, we break all distraction in the church, Father, every false spirit, every seducing spirit that has come in the, in, in the church, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Even you talk, even it talks about in the New Testament how seducing spirits, they come in, crept in unawares, Father. And when the prophets are not aware, when the, the watchmen are not aware, they come in and the church gets defiled. And many get defiled by the, the words of its doctrine, Father. And even you said in the book of Revelation, Father, we should not entertain the, the doctrine of Jezebel, Father, that we should not entertain the works of the Nicolaitans, Father. We should not entertain, Father, the works of our flesh, Father, that we shall not be cold or, nor lukewarm or else we would be spit out of your mouth, Father, but that we would be hot for you, Father, that we would not just have a reputation that we are alive, Father, Father, but that we would actually be alive, Father, in spirit and in truth, that when we see the guy near the gate, Father, that needs a healing, that we would say, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have can heal you. What I have ha will heal you right now. That's the confidence I want. That's the place I want to be because the Bible says it's where I should be. And it says that those signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, Father, why is the church not walking in these signs that shall follow them that believe? That's what you said, Jesus. That's what you said. Cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. Why is it not following me? Or is it because I'm not following you? Oh, Father, you're bringing strong rebuke. You're going to show the house to the house in these last days. There's going to be a church that arises. There's going to be a, a people group out of the church that arises. There's going to be a remnant that arises out of the wheat, Father, that really walks like the wheat, that really acts like Christ, that really walks like Christ, that provokes the children that call themselves the children of Israel to actually walk like real children of Israel, like real children of God. Oh, I thank you, Father. There's going to be some, Father, that are going to provoke other Christians, Father. You are going to provoke this system of unbelievers, Father, that call themselves believers, Father. Those that have a form of godliness that deny the power, Father, you are going to provoke them by manifestation, signs and wonders. You're going to provoke them with the word. You're going to provoke them with the manifestation of your spirit on heavenly messengers. And, and this word is, that I got today is pretty strong. And actually what Shane shared actually goes a lot with it. And I was kind of like encouraged when he shared what he shared because it goes exactly with it. But this message is for those. This message is for all of us. But this message is also for those that say, oh, we're all sinners saved by grace. Oh, we're once saved, always saved. Oh, Jesus took the keys to hell, death, and the grave. But the funny thing is right now, as they're saying and shouting that, Oh, Jesus took the keys to hell, death, and the grave. They're living in hell, death, and the grave right now. They're living on, in hell on earth. We think of hell as that fiery place and that, that, that place of anguish, but right now they're living in anguish and torment right now because the enemy is taking over their life. And that's why this message is called hell on earth. Hell on earth. We're not talking about, today we're not going to talk about people going to heaven and hell, but we know that people will be going to heaven and hell, and there will be people that call themselves Christians that will be going there because it's not once saved, though, it says, because you can have roots that defile you. And we see many passages where it talks about even that. He says, I don't even know you. And they, they were walking in signs and wonders. Or even 
the one where it says, if you say to your brother Raka, you will be in danger of hellfire. Or if you do not forgive, he cannot forgive you. So we know these things. We know that once saved, always is a farce. But we do know that there's going to be two types of people that even come into the, the throne room. One, both that will be saved. One that will have their works burned by fire. And one that will, their works will stand. But both will be saved. But why do you want to be the one that, that wastes this vapor of life, but really it feels long, 70, 60 years, however long you might live, some might live 100, but waste all that time to know that everything you did on this earth was for nothing. Everything that, that you did on this earth was in vain. And that's what it talks about. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God. Use it for yourself, motives in yourself life but not use it for the power to overcome. See, we're saved by grace through faith, and they use that. But how about saved by grace through faith to actually be the righteousness of God and not just call myself the righteousness of God, actually walk in the righteousness of God. See, he said that he's given us the righteousness of God that we may be made the, mess, the, the vessels of righteousness, that we may actually become righteous. If your righteousness does not fulfill the, the de- uh, surpass the deeds of the Pharisees, you shall not no, in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. But then people say, yeah, well, he's our righteousness. Yeah, he is our righteousness. But right now, you're not even, you may be going to the, you may still go to the kingdom of heaven, but right now, the kingdom of God is now. The kingdom of God is here. Right now, it's within us. So how come it's not manifesting in you? You're living, still living like the world. And honestly, if you're a Christian and you live like the world, it's, it's torment. If you're a Christian and you're living like the world, your finance is eaten by the canker worm. If you're a Christian and you're still living like the world, the enemy gets to be able to mess with you and mess with you. But I'm a sinner saved by grace. But the sin that you do, even though, yeah, okay, you got the blood, you drink the blood. But every time you try to move in the kingdom, the devil comes and says, oh, but you still do that. You still struggle with this. He has a foothold. See, God wants to raise his church up to come to the point where we can look at a demon inside of someone and say, Satan, you have to come out of that person because nothing is in me. You have nothing in me. I'm not saying we're all rising. See, this is why we need to get excited about apostolic foundation. Apostol- the apostolic, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a religion. It's not some thing. It's from heaven. It's the, uh, upon this rock and upon the, my apostles and apostles, I shall build my foundation. The foundation comes. The apostles and prophets establish it, reestablish it, continue to build on it. What is of God and, and prophets take out what is not of God. See, that's why we need to get excited about it because when we can start to stand on the foundation and do the word, we start to walk like Christ because that's what they're for. Therefore, the raising up of the saints to the full stature of Christ and to the unity of the faith. We're coming to that place where we get to the full stature of Christ where everything we do, we have his heart, we have his mind. And what it's saying, even though he came in, in the likeness of sinful flesh and was tempted in, in similar ways and all these things, he still had no sin. He still overcame. He still did his duty. He still walked in power, signs, and wonders. But we can't walk in signs and wonders because the devil has a foothold on us because the devil is able to torment us. And we're trying to go out there to the street and set set people free that are tormented, but you're tormented. There, Some people in the world are headed to hell. You may not be headed to hell, but hell is in your mind right now. Hell, death, and the grave. Well, if you're in religion, you're in the grave. Because the box that is called religion, like Shane said in that one poster, is called, the box that religion is in is, is called death. Death. It says the works of the flesh are death. These things, the, the, why, why would you want to live in a powerless, 
Christianity, knowing that, oh, I did all these things for God. Yeah, 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 God, okay. And then they're all burned by fire. And he says, but all of it was about you. When you prayed, it was all about being seen. When you preached, it was all about pleasing your members. It was all about pleasing the ones that tithe or the ones that do this. And not only that, but you lived a powerless Christianity that you said was powerful to you. Many are preaching a, a Christianity that calls for power, manifestation and deliverance and freedom, but they're not living it themselves. Why would you? It's, it's like it's hypocrisy, honestly, to, to actually talk about it and to preach it and to do it. I'm not talking about people that try to do it, that are trying to measure up. That's what, where we are. It's the grace of God that gives us. He's patient with us, but there's a time where we frustrate the grace of God, of, of God because of our own will. Because we want to do it our way. Because we want to please, but then we get to live on the lower level. We get to live on the lower level under what God has for us. See, when God, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, see, they didn't go to, God didn't say, okay, because you ate of the tree, now you go to hell. No, he said, because you ate of the tree, now death. Many of us think that's, I'm going to hell. But death for them was to be separated from him. See, the Bible even talks about sins that we do that are not unto death, but they still, but God was even showing me that even sin still reaps for death, even though it may not reap that eternal death, even though we may be forgiven, it still reaps death in our life, consequences in our life. Whether it be torment, whether it be, whether it be something, people, you know, if you, let's go through examples. If you fornicate and you cheat on your wife or your husband, guess what? It's going to hurt your wife and your kids. It's going to leave a scar on their mark for the rest of their life. It's going to leave a scar on your mark. See, sin does damage. And we say, oh, thank God we've been delivered from sin. Or thank God he doesn't see our sin anymore. But even though he doesn't, that's true, but sin is still destroying your life. See, sin has no more dominion over you, but it still does have dominion over you. See, we're the temple of God. Our spirit might be, say, our spirit might be the righteousness of God, but our flesh, because it is not walking in that image that is inside of us, still faces the same torment as if it was going. And this, this flesh is going to perish, right? This flesh is, gonna, is not going to heaven. This, we're, this is going to die. The spirit will live. But why put your spirit through the torment of your flesh? Why put your spirit, man, through the consequences of what your flesh does? It's hell on earth to not actually do the word. It's, we're not just talking about sin either. We're talking about hearing the word and doing it. We're talking about actually walking in his way. We're talking about being obeying his commands, not just commandments one through ten. We're talking about commands as in whatever he t said in the word and whatever he's telling you right now. That is his commands. It's just as much of uh, as bad if you obey one of the ten as if he t the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you don't do it, because it says that whatever a man knows what to do and he doesn't do it, it is sin unto him. But why live like that? Why live void of the presence of God? People don't realize, yeah, you may be of God and you may be destined for God. Yeah, whatever, you might be saved. But it says that whoever does the least of these, breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches them, they are called least in the kingdom of God. The funny thing is, even the least in the kingdom of God are greater than John the Baptist. But why would you want to even be called the least in the kingdom of God? But blessed is the one that, that teaches these things and does these because they are great. See, but I, I, you, see people just want to, it's, it's all about just getting there. I just want to get there. I want to do the least, but you are the least. I want to do the least that I have to do to get there. 
I don't want to have to go through the fire. I don't want to have to go through all this. And yeah, you might get there. See, that's, that's where you're starting to play games. It's like, okay, but, you know, some sinners, that's where, you know, then you start going and you start, it says that those who willful sin, there's no sacrifice left for them. So it's how far do you want to play with that? But even if you were, even right now, the life you're living is messing with you. Because deep down in the back of your conscience, deep down in the back of your mind, there's conviction. There's this, there's the devil has a foothold on you. He says that we over, they overcame the Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. But see, you keep doing the same thing over and over. And then the devil comes, comes. Blood, then he still comes. He's still, I got the blood, I got the blood. And then he, but he still comes because he knows you're, you keep, you're a repeat offender. You're going to keep doing it. We, see, we need to get delivered. We cannot just stop doing things either. We need to actually get it out of us. Oh, you say, oh, if you don't, if you don't uh, have adultery with a, with a woman or a man, and even Jesus said, if you even look on a woman with lust, it's already adultery. See, we need to, in the kingdom, it's being delivered because even those things that live in us, even though we don't fulfill them, they still mess with our mind. They still, if we don't get delivered from lust deep down, and, the, and when, 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 all, when all comes down to it, lust starts to mess with our mind. Even though we don't do it, it torments us. Even though we don't do it, the devil tempts it with us because he knows it's still a device in us. See, we're called to be, I don't want to just be delivered from the physical place of hell. I want to be delivered from hell inside of me. Because Satan has been planting hell inside of me since I was born, since you were born, until we got born again. He's been laying down his works and all the things because he knows that when we do our will, it will torment us. He knows when we do our will, it reaps for death. And it may not be reaping forth eternal death because of the blood, but it's reaping for death right now because you can't even profess Jesus boldly because of your lifestyle. You can't even walk you can't even walk boldly and, 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 and preach because deep down you know you're, just as, you're doing just as much as the people that are in front of you. People that are going to churches, even I go to churches and you go to certain churches in Bradenton, everybody's outside smoking cigarettes and blah, blah, blah. But we're saved by the blood. We're saved by the grace of God. That's great. But look at the torment you're in that right now. You know that thing bothers you. You know, and it's destroying their body. That's just one thing. But it's a better thing to be delivered from those things and be able to proclaim it and tell people that you can be delivered from sin. Not just, see, we, we talk, when, when the church talks about being delivered from sin, they talk about being delivered from the consequences. Being delivered from sin has no more dominion over, meaning like, no, if I do it, it won't, it won't take me to where it's going because I have the blood. But it does have dominion over your body. And the funny thing is, the, sin, it's the Bible talks about your sin will find you out. So at the end of the day, that thing, even though the, the, it's the blood, whatever, but the thing drags you further and further and further and further till the point where you're so committed to it and you start, and you start doing even worse things. It says that even seven more came back when they f cleansed the house and the devil just continues until he can even get you out of, out of, out of even feeling like you're qualified. Or whether you qualify or not, he, he gets you out of feeling like you qualify for heaven. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. What know ye, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? And ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This is what people don't understand. Is this, is, this life is not our own anymore. It's not just... I'm saved by grace, and that's it. 
No, it's now I'm here. This I'm here to be a vessel for God. See, he could just take me right now. The moment he saves me, he can just take me. And some people he is. Some people, they're dying in their deathbeds accepting Jesus. But how about for those that live another 60 years, 50 years, 20 years, 30 years? Now, that, the rest of that life is to glory, is, is now, it's now God's body. It's now, we're now glorifying God. Even to defile the temple of God in and of itself is, is wrongdoing in God's sight. When we let a root defile us, we're no longer letting a root defile our own selves and contaminating our own selves, but we're actually letting the root defile the temple of God as if we came into this church right here, as, this, as if we came into any church around the nation and we did an act of sin on the, in, in the church physically is just as bad as doing it in your body because your body is the real temple. The church is just a building. So how greater it is for you because everywhere you go is the church. You're a piece of the church. Everywhere you go, when you go in the supermarket, the church has entered the supermarket. It may not be the full body of Christ, but Christ has entered the supermarket. You're not living for Christ, so you're going to tell me you could do whatever you want, but really, Jesus said, no, you can't do whatever you want because now it's my body. Now it's my will. Now it's what I want because you are called to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. You are called to represent my kingdom. You are called for me to use you so that I can take more with you. With, with you. See, there's nothing that, the only thing that's better than going to heaven is taking people with you. That's, that's what we're here for. We're not here to just live out a life and just say, oh, it's all good. Everything's good. We're here because if it was about that, if it was just living this life and lasting, then we, God would, he would just take us. But it's about now saving the rest of the lost. He needs, we are his hands and feet on the world. So when people do what they do and think it like this in these doctrines, they're actually keeping Jesus away from the lost. And even that right there, keeping Jesus away from the lost because you want to live how you want. Matthew 5, 1 through 19. And seeing the multitudes, he went up the mountain and he was set. His disciples came unto him. He opened his mouth and taught, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. So listen to all these blesseds. Blessed are you. Blessed are if you do that. If you do that, if, if you walk like this, if you have a pure heart. Blessed. See, there's blessings from obedience. See, we don't just walk in righteousness because we're trying to get to the kingdom of God. He's now our righteousness, but we walk in righteousness so that the kingdom can be on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. See, he said, let this be your prayer that, the, that, it would be, that my will would be done on earth in your body as it is in heaven. We're saying, oh, one day when we get to heaven, we'll sing glory, 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 holy, holy, holy. But right now, he wants you to be singing glory, glory, holy, 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 because the holy man, the glorious man is in the room. Because that wherever you go, the glory and the holiness is. Because holy, 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 even are you because you're in him. See, we say we follow the Holy Spirit, but we're not even walking holy. See, the Holy Spirit is leading us to be holy. Oh, I want to be holy, so walk in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is here to make us holy. He's here to lead us onto all truth. The truth cleanses us. Because you've heard my word and my word abide in you, it, you, shall, you are, have been made clean by my word. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, if you're not meek, then you're not going to, apparently, according to Jesus, you're not going to be inheriting the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for theirs they shall be filled. Well, why are you not filled? Because you're not hunger and thirsting after righteousness. 
Seek the kingdom and all its righteousness and all else shall be added onto you. Why is all else not being added onto you? Because you're not seeking his kingdom. You're not seeking, letting, putting that away. Stop seeking that. Stop worrying about that. And then, okay, you may get to heaven. You may, but all this time you were, had, you were worrying, you were fearing, you had no provision. There's people that, are, that are, are heaven bound, but they will have no provision ever from God because they never, they never do what the word says to do. They never seek after the kingdom of God. They never, they never ask God and they shall have. They never sow and reap. I don't care how much, how much you do or how holy you are. He says, whatever you, whatever you, whatever you sow, you shall reap. So you can do all, everything that you're supposed to be doing, but when you, we don't obey that even right there. Then we, and we ask for God's provision. But God, I'm doing everything right, but I told you as far as finances, it goes this way. And you didn't do it. See, I want to live. I, see, this is the desire we all need in our hearts is that every single second of our life, we want to live to the fullness of the word. Not just getting in, but actually having it in me. Having the... Ke- not just going to the kingdom of heaven one day, but having the kingdom inside of me manifesting to you and me. That's where we want to get. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We have many Christians that don't even, that you talk, you speak revelation to them, you say things to them, they don't even know what the heck you're talking about. Because they're full of religion. They're full, religion is impure. You think impurity is just unforgiveness or this, that, or third, that's all impurity. But even impurity can even be a, a wrong way of living in your heart, even though it may seem of God, but it's a form of godliness. And, and you talk to religious people and they're like, what are you talking about? That's in the Bible. What do you mean? They can't even, they don't even, they can't even perceive what's in the book of Revelation. There's Christians that look at the book of Revelation and think mo- there's actually monsters coming out of the water in real life are going to happen. Well, Maybe you need to really seek God and stop seeking religion, and then you'll actually start to, God will start to unveil it to you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Well, nobody in my community sees me as a child of God. Nobody in my community even thinks I'm a Christian. Yeah, because you're ready to tear them up every two seconds. You're going, you're calling them sinner, you're calling this, that, and the third, and they're not even saved. How about preach Jesus to them? See, even bringing the gospel, remember the gospel of peace brings peace to them. See, we're not bringing peace to people like worldly peace, like, hey man, it's all good. No, we're bringing the gospel of peace that reconciles man with God and God with man, that God may be at peace with them. Because it even talks about and that the mercy, and when it talks about the mercy and the grace of God, that God would be at peace with us now. That Jesus has reconciled us to bring us at peace with God. See, we're the peacemakers. We go out there when we preach the gospel to the sick and the lost, we bring them to peace because Jesus is peace. Joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So when we bring the Holy Ghost, we're actually bringing peace because he is the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness in him. You want, you want to be at peace with your neighbor? You want to bring peace with your neighbor? It's not just saying, right, we're, we're good, right? I'll leave you alone. I won't touch your stuff. You won't touch my stuff. No. That person, you may be at peace with them next to you because you guys don't have a problem because you're not calling anything out in his life. He's not calling anything out in your life. But when that person goes back in their house, in their room, they're not at peace with God because they know what they're doing separates them from God. They're not at peace with God because they know what they're doing is putting them in the darkness and not in the light. So how can you really be at peace with your neighbor if 
God is not at peace with them. Because it's false peace, if it's, if it's not God's peace. I want to be at peace with people because God's at peace with them. I'm not talking about bothering people like God doesn't want us to be bothered with. I'm talking about when it's our assignment or when it's amongst the church. It needs to be, we need to deal with them even in the truth because the truth will bring them to the peace of God. Because the truth brings them in the spirit. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we have people being persecuted because, they're, because of their unrighteousness. We have being, people being persecuted because they're not even walking like a Christian. We have people being persecuted because they're sinning and, and they think they're being persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, it didn't say, blessed are those that are persecuted because they're Christ. Blessed are those that are persecuted because they're walking in righteousness. Yes, Christ, but the world don't care about the people that profess Christ because even people in, 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 the, in the age of the Antichrist and all the things that are about to go down soon in the world, even some false Christians are going to be, that proclaim that they're Christian, are going to be siding with the whole thing. They're going to be giving into the ecumenism, the one world religion, and they're going to say, but we're, we're Christians. You're not getting persecuted. Because, and then we're going to be called the ones that are persecuting the righteous in their eyes because they think they're following the real Christ when it's the false Christ. But they're going to be persecuting us because we walk after the Christ in our spirit that actually, in, and not just in word, but in deed. Not just in knowledge, but in revelation. Blessed are ye when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which are before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of man. Ye are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. But if we walk after, like Christ just in name, it's really not the salt of the earth. The salt of the, uh, makes, actually makes the meat flavorful. When you have a, a Christian that's not walking like Christ or not, it, walking in his image, it's like, putting salt, it's like putting a seasoning of salt on your meat, but then you go to eat it and there's no flavor. Or then you go to eat it and it's like, is this, even, this is fake salt. It's salt, but where's the flavor? Where is its savor? Now there's no savior. Yeah, you say Lord and Savior, but he does not saving you from nothing. Yeah, you say Lord, you call me. Why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? That's where we need to get down to. Why do you, you say, I'm, oh, he's my savior, but you're still living. What is he saving you from? Because now you're still living just like you used to. That's, that's, that's where we actually bring the, the word of God to the, to the lost. And they're like, what is this? Because I see your life and you're just the same as me. You're just giving me something to follow in my mind, but not something I can actually, that can actually change me. Let your light so shine before men. And they say this little light of mine because it's so little because they have so much darkness in me, in you, in them. Oh, it's a, remember it says focus on the light and, and, and it's focus when we, as, as we focus on the light. But how great is that darkness in you? Some people, the, the, the darkness is so great in them that the light is so small in them. See, I want to be, we need to be purging the darkness out of them because the more we purge the darkness, how great is the light going to be now? 
How great is the light as our light in Christ going to shine when darkness is removed? But they don't want to remove the darkness. They just want to have this little light of mine. Oh, here's my salvation down here, but the rest of it is not even saved. Yeah, my salvation, but how about, what if salvation is really, it's, it's, salvation is not just a sinner's prayer or a one-night one thing. It's actually being saved and set free from the world and set free from Satan and all his tactics. Your salvation is, you think your salvation is saved, but you're still living under the one. Now, the keys are in Jesus' hands, but you can't even live under the keys because the keys, those things, the hell, death, and the grave, are, they're, they're still dominating you. Thinking not that I come to destroy the law uh, or the prophets, I, come not, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from this law till all be fulfilled. Whatsoever therefore shall break one of these, the least of these commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them shall be called the great in the kingdom. See, there's people that teach them and even teach that you, oh, it's okay, we could do this, we could do that. Oh, God doesn't care if you do that. Or you can go to the, so, you can go, even if you went to the club or went partying and went all this and did all that, you'd still be saved. The least in the kingdom of God. Blessed are the men that teach it and do it and teach others to do it. Not just teach it for them to hear it and not do it. See, there's many men teaching, but they're not teaching their, their people or the people they're teaching to to do it. Because it says, it says right here. Hebrews 12.1. 12, Wherefore seeing... Oh, no, that's not the one. James 1.21-27. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass... For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgotteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever look on the perfect law of liberty continue therein. But he not being not a forgetful hearer, being the doer of the work, that this man shall be blessed in his deed. But I heard the word. Am I blessed now? Where's the blessing? No, the doer of the word is the blessed one. Not the hearer only. Well, I go to that church. That church is preach of fire. I'm going to be blessed. No. You need to do what they're saying. You need to do what he says. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, man, I believe this, that, and the third. I believe that we need to endure till the end, blah, 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 blah. But the person saying that needs to actually endure till the end. Or they're not the blessed one. But holding his natural face in the mirror, but forgetting what you look like. Saying the righteousness of God, but then when you go to do your works, you're not no longer the righteousness of God. You're still the old you. See, we say we're a new creation in Christ Jesus, but then we turn around from that new creation, what he called us, and then we still walk like we used to. See, we need to look at we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. We're the righteousness of God. Now I can do it. Now I can actually walk righteous. Now I can actually, actually be new. And then your mind starts to change because it's the renewing of the mind. He's changed it all here, but he needs to change it. You need to change it in your mind. 
You need to change what it looks like to you and how you look like, and you need to actually, and then you'll start to walk it out. But you still believe you're the same old thing, and God's going to come and change you. That's where you're going wrong. If any man seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows and their affliction and keep himself unspotted from the world. Well, I'm going on mission trips. I'm going to Haiti. I'm going here, there, and I'm feeding the widow and the poor. I'm even bringing the gospel, but you're not unspotted from the world. How can you bring them the gospel when you're just like them? How can you come onto the orphan and the widow and bring them to the father when he doesn't even know you? You bring them to the father and he says, that's not even my bride, but he, he'll even use you to make them his bride anyway, even though you're not his bride. Or you may be his bride, but you are with spot or blemish. See, God wants, to, God wants his, that's why God is even, it says that anybody that entertained Jezebel will be thrown in a sick bed. See, people want to argue, oh, well, they're still going to be saved. Oh, well, Ananias and Sapphira is still going to be saved. Oh, well, why, why, do, why even argue that? Why would you even want to be an example before everybody? Why would you even want to be, okay, even if you were going to be saved, why would you even want to be tossed in the Jezebel sickbed? So what? So what? They got, still, still got saved? So what? He just took their candlestick away from him. He didn't tell them that they're going to hell. Okay, but even if so, and we're not even going to say because we shouldn't even wish God is going to judge all men. We're not going to judge them onto hell or heaven. That's God's job. But why even play that game? Why even say, well, I can go this far and he can still, and still save me? So what if they did go to heaven? So what if Ananias and Fire still did? They missed the greatest move of God ever the Bible has ever recorded, the book of Acts. And they missed out on it because of one little stupid thing because they didn't want to bring the land. But it actually, the funny thing is, when it says that they distributed back the land, that everybody even had more than enough. Maybe if Ananias and Sapphira gave the land, they were actually missing out on more than they already had. Maybe Ananias and Sapphira, if they just gave their little 400 or 500 that it was that they were giving, they would have actually been getting 1,000 back. See, but because they don't know the kingdom of God, because people don't know the word, they don't realize that they're blessed in the word. Jesus said to Peter that a hundredfold on this, in, in heaven, but on this earth as well. A hundredfold if you follow me, if you forsake father, mother, brother, sister. Yeah, you might be gone, but okay, but you, your family has you under bondage. Your lands have you under bondage. Your job has you under bondage. Okay, so what? We're not going to argue about your salvation, but... You can't even walk in your destiny and the will of God for you because you keep walking in the will of your family or you keep walking in the will of your job. And then your job has you so bound up that you can't even follow the kingdom because you're so tired and, and laden with the job. Or you're so tired and laden with the witchcraft from your family. Or you're so tired and laden with whatever it is that you have a soul tie to. See, you, I, so what if I have a soul tie? Why can't I have a soul tie? What's wrong with that? You don't even realize that the, the damaging things that a soul tie is even doing to you because you can't even be yourself. See, we don't look at, see, don't, from this day on, don't ever look at things that God is against just as, well, I can't do, I got to do it because I want to go to heaven, right? No, look at it as, this, it's, God's not just telling us these things because he wants, because it's about that. It's about sin and all these things and the things that, are, that, he's, that he's telling us not to do and these things that he's telling us to do, if we do them, it causes damage to our lives. 
It causes damage to your neighbor's life. And it says that the, all of the law shall rest on this, this, these two commandments. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, whatever you do that, is, that, that God is, command, is, is speaking against is either damaging your relationship with God. And really, when you're damaging your relationship with God, it's not just some, if you're a real Christian, it's not just some imaginary thing. You're damaging yourself from intimacy with him. You're damaging yourself from his presence. You're damaging yourself from his glory. You can have a church all your life and do whatever and whatever and still stand before the throne room. But you lived all that time with a church that was dead. Yeah, they, the one, how about the ones that, that said they were alive, but they were dead? So what? Okay, yeah, they're, okay, maybe they made it in. But why would they want to live knowing that they were the dead church in Revelations the whole time? Then those, okay, then those people have to look back. Oh, man, I was the lukewarm one that he was talking about and, and, that, and whatever, all these other seven churches. Why are, we so, that's, why are we so satisfied with doing the least that we would be called the least so at least I made it in? No, it's not at least you made it in. See, if you, that, those attitudes God does not like, and I'm telling you, people like that, are, they're in trouble when they're living like that. Oh, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Okay, but don't you want to be saved now? Don't you want to be saved from the torrent? Look, look at the things you keep doing and you hate it yourself. You know you hate it. You're just trying to justify yourself. But there's deliverance power. There's healing power right inside of you right now and you're not tapping into it. There's resurrection power. You say, oh, on Resurrection Sunday, oh, His grace, His resurrection power. But He can't even resurrect you from the old life into the new life. Not the old life in name. See, everything in, the, in Christianity, in, in religion, is, is, is a name. I'm a new creation in name. I'm the righteous God in name, but I'm not actually righteous. I'm not actually a new creation. I'm not actually holy. I'm not actually this. I just say I'm this. No, not just in word, but in deed and in power. We don't have the power to make ourselves this, but we have the power in the Holy Spirit. So we're not telling anybody to do something in their flesh. We're telling people to mortify the deeds by the flesh. We're telling people, because the flesh at the end of the day, reap, it says, what does it say? The flesh reaps forth death. And they may be not eternal death, but in some form or way, I'm telling you the things that God's even bitterness or unforgiveness. See, religion thinks, oh, well, we got to forgive because, you know, the person, we got to feel bad for the person. But you don't even realize the unforgiveness is making it hell on earth for you. Because you're living in torment. You're living in anger. You're living in bitterness. And there's your joy, peace, and righteousness. You can't, if you can't have that joy, peace, and righteousness now, then what is, then it's torment. What, what's the opposite of joy and peace is torment, is death, is hell. It's like hell on earth. John 8, 31 through 36. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, If ye continue my word, that are, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and, we never, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Yeah, see, we're not in bondage to man. We were never in bondage to man. But you're in bondage right now to sin. That's what he's trying to tell you. He's saying that you're of your father, the devil. You call yourself a father. Your father is the Abraham, but your father is of the devil. See, you call, your, you call Jesus you call Jesus your savior. You call God your father, but 
You're living like the father of lies. You're living like you're from the father of the devil. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. See, whoever committed sin is a slave to sin. So what we do that is against God, we're actually not just doing it, we're actually a slave to it. See, you're saying, well, I can, I can stop doing this and I can do this. And they were even saying things to Paul. And Paul was like, well, not all things are expedient. But what, and even he said, I come under the power of none. See, we come under these, we do these things and we play with the grace of God, but we're really, it's really showing that we're a slave to it. Even if it's a simple thing, even if it's something that I'm doing that is not necessarily in the Bible, or let's say, let's just use, for example, like watching something or, or doing something on the TV or, or on media or whatever. Oh, I'm not, it's not sin. What's wrong with it? Well, what's wrong with it is you're a slave to it. What's wrong with it is that you can't stop doing it. Oh, it's, what's wrong with going there? What's wrong with just uh, going to the sports event every, two, every, every other day or whatever or doing it? What's wrong with it? You're addicted to it. What's wrong with it? It's your God. What's wrong with it is it's taking over your life. And you say that you have all power and authority, but really all power and authority is, is in that thing that controls your life. James 1, 14 through 15, But every man is tempted, and when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, then when his lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. See, even the lust, even the temptations, see, I want, we, need to get, we, want to get, we need to want to get to that place where when the devil tempts us and the devil tries to lure us, he can't even do it because it's not even in us. See, when he is drawn away of his own lust... See, the, the devil can't even start to do certain things when we actually start to get those lusts out of us. And then he can't even lure us with anything. I want to get, see, we need to want to get the, all the lures out of our life. Not just overcome every lure. And yeah, it says that there's going to be diverse temptations and all these things and blah, 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 blah. But I want to get to a place where I'm so dead to myself that he doesn't even have a lure on me. And he can be all in the room or he can be all in this person, that person around me. And nothing will be able to bother me because it's all out of me. But we're satisfied with even just being delivered from a few things, but we need to be delivered from all of our flesh because then there will be no foothold of the flesh for the enemy. That's where God wants to get us to. That even Paul, even though Paul said that I'm a new creation in Christ, even though Paul said that I am, I am now crucified with Christ and this is the life I shall now live, he still said, I beat my flesh daily. He still said, by the renewing of the mind. He still said, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. So he was even telling you right there, he still had a flesh that he could still walk in. But he said, kill it by the spirit. So we still kill it and we start to rise up to this higher level where things don't even bother us. Anymore. Things don't, the enemy can't even touch us. He can't even torment us with it. Even though we don't do things, he can still torment us with things and tempt us with things. And how strong that thing can be in you is how strong the temptation can be. See, the devil's temptations are not strong. It's the thing that's in you that's strong. It's the thing that's in you that makes the temptation strong. The temptation is strong because the flesh is strong. 
When the flesh gets weak, the temptation starts to weaken. Oh, when I, when I was tempted with that back then, I, I was so hard, it was so hard to overcome. But now, you overcome it like nothing because your flesh is dead, more dead and dead and dead. See, when we kill the flesh, we kill Satan in our life. 1 John 1, 7-9 But if we walk in the light as He is the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. See, it cleanses us from all sin. But see, then He goes on. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and trust truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. See, if you say you have no sin, brother, then, well, you're saying you're, that, that's, the truth is not in you. Well, then, look, let's look what it says then. If we confess our, but if we confess our sins and just, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not just wipe it clean on the record. Actually clean it in you. How about the grace that doesn't just give you time to repent, that doesn't just give you time to overcome? How about the grace that actually comes in you and cleanses you and washes you clean? How about, why do we always talk about the blood being, washing us as white as snow, but still deep down the blood washes the act away, but the blood doesn't wash the thing in our heart that's making us act that way. See, we need to want the blood to actually clean us inside that it doesn't even want to live on us anymore. Wherefore, I lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive the meekness of the engrafted words, which is able to save your souls. Don't preach all that, brother. Stop preaching all that. It just, preach the, just preach the foundation. Just preach Jesus Christ died. That's what some churches preach every Sunday. Is Jesus died and he, give you, and he can take your life and blah, 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 blah. But the, whole, the, whole, the full counsel of the word not only saves our souls in eternity, but saves our souls now. See, I don't want to just be saved then. I want to be saved right now. I want, to, I want to live torment free that when I go preach to the lost, I don't have to keep worrying about myself. See, we're so self-conscious because we're so self-centered. We're so worried about things of self because we're not worried about the things of God. You want to trade, you want to have not, no longer have worry and fear, worry about the things of God. Worry, have the fear of the Lord. Trade your fears for His fears. Trade your worries for His worries and you will no longer worry and fear. Fear is torment. Worry is torment. Worry brings anxiety. But it says, cast your cares and all anxieties on him. But you won't cast it and your anxiety torments you. Your fear torments you. Your worry torments you. What's going to happen tomorrow torments you. And you might be a Christian, but it torments you either way. It's hell on earth. Fear, all those things live in hell. But the devil now says, okay, now that they're saying, I want to bring hell on earth. And torment them with that, that they won't even be able to be, that they'll be no spiritually good for nothing, that they will not even be able to do any, because it says that, that we should do every, we should be good and perfect in every, for every good work. But he, he wants us to not even get there. He doesn't want us, he just wants us to stay at the base level. And even if it be possible, get us to be blotted out of the book of, the Lamb's book of life. But I don't want to just be a lamb on the least of the part of the book. I want to be a lamb that's, that's that, the, not the one that was going away like the 99. I don't want him to, him to talk, receive me, but then say, but you were always running away, but you were always doing this. I want him to receive me and say, good and faithful servant. Some are like, are like servants, but they're like, 
It's like he's going to have to say, good and faithful servant you were. Because you were, you were a servant, but you were serving yourself, then serving him, serving us, going back and forth, being, getting on this teeter-totter. In, in, right, in joy, not in joy. In peace, not in peace. Even that, right, that in, in and of itself is even torment right there. In the flesh, in the spirit. I'm not saying that, this, of course, there's going to be fire. There's going to be fires that we go through. There's going to be things, tribulations, trials. There's going to be even people we have to help or whatever that, that are living like in hell. See, people like people that won't forgive, they're living in hell. And even to be, and like we were talking about earlier, being turned over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh that their spirit might be saved. God even has to use the fires of hell to keep you from hell forever. That's the mercy and the grace of God right there. Oh, how could Paul say that? How could they toss him out of the church? How could they toss this person out of the church? Well, because if we keep them in, they'll never repent. And that's what we're trying to get them to repent. Oh, but repentance, what do you mean repentance? We don't need to repent. Well, okay, you don't repent, but why, why wouldn't you want to repent? Because all the things that you're doing is spoiling your life, is taking all the goods of God. And then all that's, all that's going to be saved is you, but you, you're going to go to heaven and there's going to be no riches in heaven for you. There's going to be, why, why would you want to do that to yourself? And why would you want to be, okay, you're, you have Christ, but because you're not living like Christ, people are seeing another Christ still. Even, even though you and your heart have a want for God, your flesh can be showing another God. Oh, well, he, he says he has God, but he's, he's, he does this and that, so I guess I can follow God too, and I can do that, that, that and that third too. Or he watches this, and he says this, and he speaks like this, so let me speak like that. Even there's a scripture, I forgot exactly how it says, but it says don't let, don't let his name be defiled amongst the unbelievers, or however it says. Don't, even, don't let the name of God. And even Paul and Peter, they talk about how they keep their conscience clear that when men come to them or, and try to accuse them, or that even when Satan comes and tries to accuse them, they, there's nothing there. And they can stand boldly. But if we have things in our life and people come to accuse us, we won't be able to stand boldly. We're going to be like, Oh, but they're right. Oh, and then the devil will even come. Yeah, they're right. And it was Satan, but it was still, it's still you that actually gives them power. See, when people come to you and they start blaspheming, they start reviling you, we should be able to stand up all the more in boldness and know our place in Christ. But because of the lifestyle we live, we can't stand bold like that because even though we may be in Christ, but we're not walking like Christ, it's... It, it, they have power over our flesh. The accuser of the brethren starts to bring, get, take power in our life and we can't even be bold anymore. We can't be bold as a lion because the lion has roared and devoured us. John 5, 15 through 18. And if we know that he hears us, whenever, whenever, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him, of him. If any man see his brother... Sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not unto death. We know whatsoever is born of God sinneth not, but he is begotten of God, keepeth himself, and the wicked one cannot touch him. He that keepeth himself. In what? In, in, his, in the way, the truth, and life. In the righteousness of God. 
that he is the one that the wicked one cannot touch. But why is the wicked one touching you? Why is the wicked one giving you dreams and visions at night? Why is the wicked one tormenting you and, and saying all manner of things against you? Because you may be of Christ, but right here, even, okay, you're not doing a sin unto death, but he's still using it to keep you from, your, from walking in the fullness of God. That's, that's torment to me right there is when I, can't, when I know that I can't walk in the fullness of God or I can't move in my gifts or, I, or I'm moving in my gifts but without repentance. Even the power of God starts to, starts to actually be defiled in my life because, there's, because even though you may have the anointing, there's still flies that you even allow to come in the anointing because of your flesh. And then when you preach and you do things or you walk, try to be Christ to the world, they can't receive from you because there's that, there's that even, well, what about these guys on the street? They have that pride. They have all these things. They have flies so that nobody can receive them because, because they see the anger. They see the pride and they're like, what am I going to receive from that for? Or even us in the church, we can't even receive from each other because of the, 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 the things, the flaws, not even just the flaws, but the things that we've allowed ourselves to become the image Last one, and then we're going to start to close. Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Everybody can stand. Father, we thank you, Father, that we would not just confess our sin, but we, that we would overcome it, Father, that we would forsake it, Father. That we would have no power in us, Father. That when we walk, we can walk boldly, that hell wouldn't torment our mind, Father. Even though we may not be going to hell, Father, we don't want hell to be tormenting our life and taking our life and taking our mind, Father. Oh, Father, deliver us from evil, Father. Let us not be tempted beyond what we, be, but what we can be tempted of, but, Father, show us the way out, Father. Let us be delivered from the flesh that the flesh would have no power over the Spirit, Father. Oh, Father, I want to walk in your way because your way is joy, peace, and righteousness, and every other way is the opposite, Father. Oh, Father, just say this after me. Father, set me free from every sin that so easily entangles me, from every bit of flesh that waters up the, wa the waters, the living waters inside of me. The oil, the flies that come into the oil. The things that quench the fire. Say it with boldness. The things that quench the fire. The things that quench my spirit. The things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, I want to be delivered from hell, death, and the grave. I don't want to just say that you have the keys to hell, death, and the grave. I want to be delivered from it. I don't want to say I'm once saved, always saved. I want to be saved right now. Father, save us right now, Father, from every inequity. Father, save us right now from all torment. Father, everything in our mind and our heart, Father, that binds us up. And keep us from evil, Father. Keep us from the, from the tormentor, Father. Oh, we take our tools out, Father. We take the sword of the Spirit and we torment the devil back, Father. Sevenfold, Father. We resist Satan, Father. 
If we don't resist Satan, Father, we're letting ourselves be tormented, Father. Oh, we resist him in all his schemes, Father. We will not be ignorant of his devices, Father. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and the grace and the power of God. Oh, you are the Holy Spirit and you're inside of us and you have overcome through Christ and now you will overcome through us, Father. You are the way, the truth, and the life and I shall walk in the way and the truth and the life. My life shall be truth. My life shall be life to those that have none. And my, I shall show them the way, the way of the Lord, the way that he's prepared. Jesus' mighty name.